Serena is back and Serena is winning. She and partner Oz Jabour have won. Amazing. It was good fun though. I mean, by the skin of their teeth. That was uh, <laughs> right to the wire, wasn't it? And a miss volley to finish. But um, yeah, what was the atmosphere like down there with uh, Serena and Eastbourne? It, it was really good. Earlier today, so yesterday, so she'd been training off-site, practicing off-site. Yesterday she was due and it was 1.30 she'll be practicing and she didn't. And everyone was like, what? Where is she? Why is she not here? And there was no, slightly unusual, but there was no, maybe it's not because she's playing doubles, but I think everyone expected there to be a press conference, like a, a media day, because the, the the top players and the singles are available for media. But maybe because she's playing doubles, there isn't that obligation. So there was no a media done ahead of it. And then today she was practicing ahead of the match um, on site, on the practice courts, and it was about six or seven deep. And, and full of full of camera crews absolutely wow. everywhere. Just and, and Netflix are here this week. They've been following Maria Zachary quite closely. Because I was actually asked to sign a a release form because they they filmed me interviewing Maria Zachary. So they're they're obviously doing a little bit on who lost today actually as we speak, Tuesday. Um so Netflix were around. And then the oh the introduction was amazing. Uh, Matt Chilton, who's the MC on the centre court said, I've never seen this many people here for a final match of the day on centre court. And Dan Evans, so there'd be this massive high um, from a British point of view of Katie Bolter winning and Dan Evans winning. Huge. Uh, just, huge. Just, just huge. And this was just on centre court. And we also had in there um, Ryan Penniston starting things off. So you had three British victories on that court. You had a win for the defending champion, Lena Ostapenko. And then... You could hear Serena Williams, so they they were called to the, the waiting area, the holding area, as it were, and there were cheers from outside the court as you saw them threading their way through on Jabeur and Serena Williams. And it was a wonderful reception, absolutely wonderful when they came out onto the court together, this this new partnership. Serena Williams contacted on Jabeur. You're never going to say no to that invitation. And um, yeah, it was great. It, it was weird because we haven't seen her for so long. Everyone watching, I mean, there were so many news outlets there, I can't tell you. So many people <laughs> in the press room there for Serena Williams. It just, it, it's huge, isn't it? I don't know whether people are, are waiting for her to say something or some kind of announcement. They just want to see how she's looking. There'll be a press conference following the match. It was, um, I mean, I, I don't know how much she saw of it, but, but, but what did you think? I mean, everyone's thinking, what did we think? How did she look? What did you think? She looked good, I think, sort of as expected, really. Like the first set, yeah, not quite sharp, but I think, yeah, she 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 delivered what we thought she would. It's very difficult to judge the doubles against singles because you just don't have that movement. But, you know, she was really enjoying herself and enjoying her time with Ons, which I thought was really nice. She seemed very relaxed. And, um, yeah, it's just exciting to see her back. It's It is hard to get a gauge on it, though, don't you think? Like even... Watching her there, there was a lot of good stuff, um, but it's very difficult to have any sort of idea how she's going to play in singles at Wimbledon. Uh, don't you think, though? Like, I mean, I, I wouldn't be able to say, yeah, you know, she's looking like she can win some matches or she's looking like she can really roll through to the second week or Oof, I hope she gets a good draw so that she can get a, a win. I, 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 I wouldn't know where to p- pitch it, to be honest. It, it, it's tough, isn't it? Because as you said, doubles is so different. I think this has been a really smart move for her to come back and start with doubles. I think it 
I think it takes the pressure off. Yes, of course, everyone's still there just zoned in on her. How is she moving? How is she? I thought the serve looked fabulous, but the serve is always going to be fabulous. <laughs> so everyone's like, she's serving really well. I'm like, of course she's serving really well. She's Serena Williams. It wasn't necessarily the parts of the Williams game we were going to be looking at. We knew the serve would be there. And, you know, when she's she's sort of side on with the ball, she's crunching it. it and, and look, there's a new doubles. I come from a lay point of view, but when you're playing doubles, you know, there's so many specific little nuances in in doubles play and you're playing with someone you never played before and and someone you probably don't even know that well I mean she said you know Ons has always been lovely to me on the tour but they don't know each other that well so there's there's all those things you've got to throw in the mix when they're facing um Buscova and Sarubas Tormo who know each other well play a lot of doubles etc etc so there was a lot going on out there but I yeah I I thought she looked good but I'm with you I, I am I now going to install her as Favourite for Wimbledon? Well, no. But am I going to win? Is she going to? I don't. I, I still don't know. She she was, I think, as expected. I I still think it's going to be really tricky come Wimbledon in the singles. I, th- I think it, I think it's going to be very difficult. I really do. Yeah, we at least we get to have another look at her in the in yeah. the dub. She gets another match on court, which is ideal, so she can get more competitive, test out the body, see how it fares after being out on the court, the stopping and the starting and all that sort of stuff. So, um, look, it's all positive. We're excited that she's back playing. Um, yeah, and we just sort of have to wait and see. It's just so difficult to predict uh, what she's going to do because the amount of times she's had a long time off okay maybe not a year but she's had a long time off and we've thought you know god what is she going to be like is somebody going to get her in the first round and then she comes and just rolls through the tournament typically at like Australian Open or at Wimbledon she cut turn up having played no grass court matches you know the level of of what Serena has done over the past 20 years is just it's off the charts bonkers. I mean, we all know that we know the numbers, but sometimes I think, you know, time moves on and you do sort of forget how, how ridiculously dominant she was and how she's just done it all by her own rules and that she's never needed the prep that other players have needed. She's never needed. She never even needed to play well half the time and she would win grand slams. Um, <laughs> you know, and we look at somebody like Siontek rolling through draws as she did. Well, yeah, Serena did that as well. Absolutely duffing up players, you know, barely losing games. You know, Steffi Graf obviously did that before then. But sometimes, you know, you do forget the, you know, what it was really like to see it at the time just because time has gone on and as I say we're left with all the numbers which are obviously staggering um but oof, yeah I just I don't know I don't know but, she if anyone can just come, turn up and be unbelievable it'll be Serena but is there a part of you that that really believes that as in I'm I, I agree with everything you've said she and Venus have been able to do that over the years they never really played a full schedule they would not normally play a warm-up grass event. I know they'd be practicing on the grass back in America, but a lot has changed and time does move on and we get older and everything is harder as we get older. And she hasn't played, yes, she may have been practicing a lot over the last year, but she hasn't played any matches. She is older. She has suffered with, with more niggles in recent times. Yes, she can be spectacular and has been, but is there? there is no part of me that thinks she will come and roll through into the second week. That there is just no part of me. Uh, I just, I, I can't, I, I, yeah, look, a couple of rounds, I think it's, this is very, everything, the most 
common phrase we're going to say in this podcast is draw dependent. It is draw dependent. It is. But look at the draw at Eastbourne. Look at the draw at the French Open. It was decimated at the top. Look at the draw at Eastbourne. Decimated at the top. If you're saying, not that you are, but if one is saying that she's good enough to beat players ranked 20, well, you know, we've seen Emma Raducanu won a slam without having to beat anybody that much higher than that. She be, be, did beat Benchic, didn't she? You know, it, it could happen. You never know. It could just get blown wide open. I mean, how many seeds are left in Eastbourne? Where is everyone? They've all lost. <laughs> Where is everyone? They're all going to Wimbledon. Yes, it was, it's been a day-to-day when lost a lot of the seeds. I, I just think... I just think... I think movement. I'm just going to put movement out there. Okay, and it's you can react to that how you will, but yes, how things worked out with Emma Raducanu still has to do a lot of movement, still had a lot. I just, I'm not sure if you get, yes, there might be players and there will be players who will freeze against Serena Williams. I completely agree with that. And if she's on centre court for all or most of her matches, that's another factor you throw in. If you get someone who's not experienced, they're like, oh my God. I'm facing Serena Williams on centre court. It's not happening. Or all my dreams have come true. That's it. I can retire now. But I just, I just, I think there'll be things that are exposed. You know, this serve is still phenomenal. She can still crack the ball, but I just. Yeah, look, I'm, I look, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just saying that I have been surprised so many times by Serena and you've got to remember she was reaching a but, final but, but of, we're in a different place now aren't we she, we are yes but I think what I'm trying to say is that if anyone can do it after a year of not playing it's Serena but yeah it's not a likely situation I think the most likely situation is her going out in either rounds one two or three I think that's probably the most likely if she were to get to the second week get to fourth round I think that would be a huge effort I'd be sort of surprised if the body held up that long as well. Um, We hope that she gets a good draw and that she can move through. But hey, she could be playing one of the the top 10 players. And I, again, if anyone can, Serena can. But I mean, I can't see her turning up at a top 10 level. That would just be bonkers. I I agree. Um, I know I I agree with everything. I'll be surprised. I want it. I'm just so happy she's back and it's going to be great that she's there and this is quite possibly slash will be the last time we see her at Wimbledon. Maybe we'll be proved wrong again, but I'm still wondering what this is. Do you know what I mean? I'm still wondering why this return and and why now and is it a goodbye? Is she coming back to say goodbye? Is it um, someone suggested to me that she's been uh, followed by a film crew the last couple of years? Is there a little bit of, of that involved in coming back to Wimbledon? Is it is it the start of of a return? I mean, I mean, I don't know. I still, I think that's the big thing. We we don't really know what this is. Do you know what I mean? As to why she's yeah. So I think there's still a, a few unanswered questions. Maybe we'll never get the full answers. But it's look, it's great to see her here. The excitement that she brings when she cracks that ball. You're like, oh right, there we go. Um, but it's it's will the body hold up? And it was a similar conversation. I was having last night on Andy Murray doing Five Live Sport. We had Pat Cash with us and it, it it's about the body holding up and, and we know that Andy Murray he's he hasn't is it he hasn't been able to serve since he's been at Wimbledon. There's a few things he still can't do. And while you could put the same argument forth for, for Murray in that if anyone could go to Wimbledon and if the drawer opens up could really make their way through, again it's draw dependent, but it's also 
dependent on his body and if his body can hold up. Yeah, but at least he's got the wear and tear in his body. That's the thing, is that you need to give your body a bit of battering. Yeah. You need to have these tweaks, these strains, these these scarring. You need the hard skin on your hands and your feet. And, you know, you can't be completely fresh because that's when you pick up the injuries if you go right into the intensity. So as long as that, it's an ab, isn't it? Is his ab right that's strained? We thought it was the hip, but it's not. I think it's the ab, which is why he can't serve because yeah. he can't reach up. But... Um, yeah, as long as that is manageable, which it's not 100% that it is because he's saying it's not 100% fixed, um, then his level and I think the rest of his body probably is good enough to go to go deep. <laughs> to go to go deep he's going all the way i'm not sure he's gonna go all the way wow hang on so hang on so your picks are serena williams for the women's and andy murray for the men oh why not why not i love oh, once this upon a time they would have been a shoo-in you've gone big and you've gone bold i love that but it's it's amazing isn't it the first two people we've spoken about are people who have achieved so much but but time, time is a, a very real thing and, and how their bodies hold up. Let's throw Rafa Nadal into the mix. Pictures of him practicing at Wimbledon today. We, we believe whatever treatment he's had on his chronic foot problem is good enough for him to be here. But again, with actually, I don't know if I can say the same thing for Nadal if his foot holds up for two weeks because it effectively didn't hold up in the French. He just got it numbed. He couldn't feel it, and he still won. <laughs> so if 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 someone is doing that, I feel like I need to change my favourite for Wimbledon to Nadal because I still can't quite get over what he did at Roland Garros with effectively one foot or the feeling in one foot. Yeah, but this is the thing with these legends and uh, these players who just know how to win slams. Like, I mean, Nadal shocked everyone at the Australian Open by winning that tournament. No one was talking about him winning the 21. It was all about Djokovic. And when Djokovic couldn't play there, it was a case of, oh, okay, well, the 21 isn't going to happen here. I mean, it was ridiculous like to think that you know nobody considered him you know, to be in contention at all. And then, of course, at the French, we thought he was in contention, but we really weren't convinced that physically he was going to be able to do it. Um, you know, especially when that draw came out of Djokovic in the quarters, you know, just, yeah, amazing, like, just unbelievable. Could argue, could argue was a little bit fortunate, although it's never fortunate when an injury happens like that to your opponent. Yep, but yep, yep. I think it looked like Zverev was going to have his number there and outlast him. I, I think that Nadal was really on the ropes. Um, but it, it might not have happened. And it, 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 as it st- stands, he uh, he won Another one. What's that? Number 20? Well, I don't know. 22. 14. 22. 14 one off in Serena. Paris. 22. And, and maybe that was part of the drive to get the foot fixed and get to Wimbledon. Because he's on for the calendar slam. He's on for number 23. He's... He's 30 and 3 for the year. He's got four titles, two of which are grand slams. I mean, his year, when you consider yeah, what you he's imagine? dealing with, is amazing. Can you can you imagine though rewind to the back end of 2021 imagine if somebody told you that nadal uh, he hasn't won wimbledon yet but imagine if he said that nadal wins the first three slams of the year you oh, would ridiculous. Have just, you ridiculous. would have just laughed that person out of the room no way. he would have look, he he had covid he was on crutches until not long before the australian open he was in doubt for going he wasn't sure he'd even be there 
So when he was there, like, oh, that's nice. He's made it. (laughs) But that's how we feel about Serena. We're like, oh, this is great. She's at least here. But who knows what could happen? It's, it's, uh, actually, I'm the only one who's saying it. It's draw dependent. And I know, (laughs) I know draws, draws aren't fixed. But for the first time, I wish they were fixed. (laughs) That sounds a really bad thing. Because I don't want her to be drawn against a Chiontech in the first round. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want her to be drawn against a Anjabur or an even Eber Raducanu or a Simona Halep. I don't want that to happen. Yeah, I know. We 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 want a big Serena match, but ideally round three. Do you think round three? I, th- I think three. Now, let's go back to round one. A little debate going on social media. Who, for the women, should open up centre court? Yeah, I, 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 there's arguments for a few people, isn't there, really? I mean, you've got, well, of course, it would be Ash Barty, but she's not here. Yeah, that's um, not going to happen. <laughs> so the way they did it last time when Marion Bartley retired was that it was Sabine Lasiki's honour because she reached the final. Yeah. So that means it would be Karolina Pliskova, right, who was in the final? Please don't tell me I'm wrong on that. No, I you're, that. No, you are right <laughs> She on that. was in the final. <laughs> the way you looked at me, I was like, oh, gosh. No, I, uh, I was no, kind she of... Was in the final. Yes. So that that would be following following the logic they've used before. But... They, they, they gave it to the finalist. But what about Simona Halep? Well, yes, Simona Halep wasn't able to... Uh, open up Wimbledon on exactly. the Tuesday, uh, open up Centre Court on the Tuesday in 2020 because there was no 2020 and then she was injured in 2021. Am I correct on that? Uh, yeah. Possibly. And then there's and then there's Serena Williams. So if you were the schedule, I wouldn't And like- there's the world number one, Iga Swiatek. I think they're the, the, I think, I think they're your four choices. I can't see why it would go to anyone else. So who's your pick? You're the scheduler. You've got to decide now they're all fit. They're all there. They're all in the draw. They're not facing each other, as in, well, Serena's not facing one of those. Who gets it? Who opens it? Yeah, because you sort of got to make this call very early because that means that that half of the draw is yep. playing on that day. So there's no higgledy-piggledy. You can't just pick a match out here and there and try and work the schedule. Whoever is opening on centre court on the Tuesday, their half of the draw plays on days two, four, on on even numbers uh, and Djokovic will open on the Monday so yeah. if you're a centre court ticket holder on the Monday you're guaranteed to see Djokovic as long as he's playing he'll be there um, who would I pick out of those four? Oh, yeah. I want you to go first on this one why? you want to hear my argument? because I always go first I I I would go Simona Halep I think she's earned it she was the champion she didn't get a chance to do it then she was injured and I, I think it should go to, well, it normally goes to defending Wimbledon champion. It can't go to Ash Barty. Yes, I understand that Sabine Lezicki and Marion Bartley couldn't do it, but we have a defending champion who didn't get to open up on centre court. And that's, that's a big part. It's a big honour to do that. Yes, whoa, whoa, whoa. So who, who did it in 2021 instead? Was it Serena? Because she was the finalist. I in can't 2019. Remember. I can't remember. So if they had followed the logic of Bartley... It was the finalist, so then it would have been Serena, but I can't remember. Then Serena pulled out after six games. Was that the first match of the day on Tuesday, maybe? Oh, I yes, so possibly. I can't remember. I, and I, and I, but I see the argument for Serena Williams. I mean, she's one of the greatest of all time and, and what she's done for the sport, and this is probably will be her last Wimbledon. 
and and what if what if she were to lose in the first round and she's on court one or she's later on center or something like so i under i understand that might be the thinking as well and and maybe she'll be on center i think that's maybe <laughs> that's a guarantee maybe i'm going to say it again you have to start fining me. Maybe it will be draw dependent. And if, oh God. If, if Serena Williams gets someone huge, that's the opening match. But I, I just think that honor should go to Simona Hallop. Okay, so there, there you go. If I was the scheduler, it is now over to you. I would have Simona Hallop opening things up on the Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's definitely a different situation to the other times where we've had the defending champion not competing and they've gone with the finalist. I think this is a different situation because of COVID sort of disrupting things. So I do think that the argument for Simona is, is pretty strong. Yeah. But then she could have done that last year, but she wasn't fit. So she wasn't able to. You can't blame her. Yeah, but that's not not like, but if you're, yeah, but if you're defending, say there's no COVID, if you're defending champion and then you can't play the next year, you've lost your chance to open on open centre court. Like that's, that's it. That's how it goes. So effectively, you just get rid of 2020. She was injured the following year after her, ah, but she her was, title and you don't get to ah, open. That's but just no, no, how it, how it no, works. No, but she, but she was fit and healthy the year we didn't have the tournament. So so when her, her allotted space that should have been when she opened up, she was ready to go. But sadly, the world had other ideas. So oh, I, I, I'm now. taking that arc. <laughs> uh, so are you going to give me an answer are you going to skirt around things a little bit yeah. I, I feel don't like know. you're skirting I don't know you're, like, you're not going to give me an answer I don't think they might make it jaw dependent but I don't and ah, you I don't said think it. they would <laughs> no I, I don't think they would because I think they should just pick someone they should just pick someone and say this is the person that, that opens on, on centre who would you pick um, not they who would you pick you are the scheduler you pick Right now, who is it? Stop avoiding it. It would be between <laughs> don't Simona say draw and Serena. <laughs> no, you can't it would be say between it's between Simona and Serena. Who is it? No, wait, wait. Let me whittle it down. Let me whittle it and down. Then... Because okay, All right. I mean, if we're following their logic, it will be Carolina Pliskova. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not no. writing her off. I just, I oh. don't think I would choose that. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who else did we have? Oh, Siontek. Siontek's never won Wimbledon. I don't think you can open on the Tuesday if you've not won Wimbledon. Well, nor is Carolina Pliskova, and you had her in the I mix. I know that. No, I wouldn't choose her. Right, I'm just okay. saying that the club might choose her ah, because they have put finalists on before. has won junior Wimbledon. <laughs> I don't think that qualifies. <laughs> I'm afraid, as much as it was a fabulous achievement, and I very much remember her doing so. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I don't think I remember actually. I watched her play Emma Raducanu there in the quarters. I think it was Love and One, an absolute duffing. Um, but she was by far and away the best player. Anyway, uh, what? Uh, oh, it's, it's really difficult. I know. I, I feel I've never like, seen you so I feel like, torn over something here. Come on. I I I think that the right answer is Simone Halep. That's what I think. Is, is that your answer, or you think it's the right answer? I think that is my answer, and I think that is the correct answer. Um, oh, I could see okay. an argument for Serena. I wouldn't be annoyed about Serena, but I think she'll she'll be on there anyway. I mean, she's going to be on centre court. Exactly. It's not like she'll they're going to be they're going to put her on second. <laughs> they're going to put her on court sixteen, are they? <laughs> say, well, out you go. Well, well but then maybe you say with draw dependent because if she is in the same Ooh, half, you've said of the it draw, twice now, right? Sorry, yes. <laughs> because if she is in the same <laughs> half of the draw. 
as whoever is opening on centre, as say she's the same half as Simona, then she might get put on number one court because it's normally uh, a women's and two men's, isn't it, on that day? Oh, you see, this on is... Centre? I would hate to be a scheduler. Scheduler. I, oh, scheduling tennis I, is just a nightmare. All you be, get is grief. No one ever says a round of applause for the scheduler. All anyone does is complain and think that it's really easy. And it's a nightmare. Oh, I, I can't think... Because you will get players going to you saying, I would like this or or can I do that? And, you know, Rafa Nadal at the French Open. Um, I'm going to the Champions League final. <laughs> so as it turned out, his half of the draw didn't play on that day. That worked out well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What we do know with seedings, due to the players who aren't there, we know the Russians and the Belarusians, therefore we're losing Daniel Medvedev, that Novak Djokovic and Rafael and one and two. So they are in opposite sides of the draw. They are, which I think is good news for... It's good news. It's good news. Yeah, it's good news news because it keeps the potential Nadal-Djokovic final alive, which is, you know, as much as it was great to see them battling out in the quarterfinals, it also would have been great and possibly better if that had been in the final. But, you know, that's that's how it goes. But yeah, they are protected from each other all the way through to the final. So maybe they won't play each other. We'll see. Um, But yes, the seedings have just gone. They followed the rankings, haven't they? So they've been sort of fairly straightforward. I did see you mentioned that the Russians and Belarusians are not not being at Wimbledon. And we had um, one of the doubles players switch to be representing Georgia. Did you see that? Oh, yes. Doing the rounds so that she can play Wimbledon, which I think is brilliant. And I was sort of thinking, actually, from the very beginning, I was thinking, how many will we see switch to Kazakhstan, as we've seen lots of Russians switch to Kazakhstan. You've, I mean, Gavrilova became Australian. You know, there's, there's all different sorts of... Um, avenues for not necessarily everybody but um for a few players so i did wonder whether we might start to see a little trickle down effect i think possibly the fact that it's still only limited to the british tournaments um makes it maybe less likely but if it was that it was other tournaments then i think we would have seen a bit more of that but um yeah i think it was uh it was an interesting one really um smart move i think the point thing is starting to hit me a little bit more not personally I have no points to defend <laughs> which is wonderful but I was covering Isla Tomljanovic's match um, got through quarterfinal beat Emma Raducanu along the way lost to Ash Barter. that's 430 points yeah and what that will mean is she's sitting at around 45 currently she she lost today to Elena Ostpenko she will drop down to 85 yes um, through no fault of her own and you just, I was talking um, on air in the commentary watch with Naomi Brody about this. And it's, you know, look, there's Matteo Berrettini and he's got um, finalist points to, well, not to defend, they've gone. Novak Djokovic and his 2,000 points. Um, it, that's tough. Maybe not as tough for those guys. They're still going, I mean, Berrettini will take a big drop. But someone like, using Tom Lianovic, you know, 
players have their ranking, it gets them into certain levels of tournaments. It gives them a certain amount of guarantees, a certain amount of, of planning. And then through no fault of your own, and she has been working very hard to get some of the best results she's had in recent times, especially the slams, she's going to drop down to just inside the top 100 from being in the top 50. Yeah, it's uh, it's really not good for a bunch of players. And I understand the argument of that they could have picked up points the rest of the year, uh, just like everybody else has. But, you know, you do have players that are particularly good on faster surfaces and we don't have many of those anymore. And grass is, is one of the few times that they, you know, can can really thrive and they can sort of specialise a little bit. So... Yeah, it's not fair, really, is it, on on those sorts of players? And, and also, okay, they've had the rest of the year to make up the points, but they didn't know that. They didn't know that there weren't going to be points at Wimbledon, so yeah. they couldn't plan accordingly. Um, yeah, I mean, it's look, it's still going to be the same. It's going, I think, it's going to feel the same to everybody whilst they're when they're there and, and what we're watching. But yeah, it's a big blow. As you say, somebody like Berrettini, I mean, phew, he's maxed out on the rest of the grass court points he could possibly win, isn't he? he hasn't <laughs> lost a match yet. Um, but yeah, it's um, it, yeah, it, it's not brilliant. And I think because he's going to tumble quite away because he's been injured for such a long time. Um, and Djokovic obviously lost his world number one spot because of it going to Daniel Medvedev. But look, whenever you lose first round of a tournament and you pick up no points, you always, you feel rubbish. It's You sulk, you have your shower, you calm down. And then you think, well, at least I've got no points to defend this time next year. So, hey, roll on the grass 2023 and ooh, we could see some jumps. And I know that, that that might be more relevant for the likes of Berrettini, who does love the grass and the quick surfaces. And you could legitimately see him winning Wimbledon this year. Like, it could yeah, happen. Yes, absolutely. We, you know, we, he was the favourite to re- reach the final of his half last year, and he did that. And, you know, we we know what he's capable of. For somebody like Tom Lianovic, it does feel just pretty harsh because... Like you enjoy saying, it's always very draw dependent. It's draw dependent, surface dependent in terms of what you can pick up and to not have the opportunity to try and defend those points. It's a bit of a rough blow. Hang on a second. I like saying it. You said it an awful lot, by the way. Not as much as you. No, you're you're actually getting yourself up there. You've said it quite a few times without realising it. It's just come into conversation. So Fair enough, fair enough. In the first five minutes, I was just rattling it out. But I think the points and... Yes, Bertie will take a big drop, but you you realise how precious those points are. And maybe some of our listeners outside of the UK won't know the name. Uh, Maybe some inside the UK won't know the name. But Jodie Burridge, who I was speaking to recently and picked up a phenomenal win today against Paola Badosa, the top seed here in Eastbourne. The biggest win of her career. But I spoke to her on Monday when she'd just beaten Petra Martic for just the second top 100 win of her career. Now, she'd come off the back of... Ilkley, so dropping down the level to the ITF, she got to the final. She had a good run in 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 Surbiton, and the points that she has amassed from she's now won. She now played. She now played seven matches in seven days, but she was saying the points. So after that run to Ilkley, she got into the top two hundred, and then a couple of days later, she's now up to about one thirty, one forty. You know, th- this is this is what those points are doing, and this is when they can make such a difference. And we always talk, don't we, about Masters and Grand Slams. If if someone goes on a fairly unexpected run, well, look at Emma Raducanu, for instance. 
look at where she came from and went to with the the 2000 points of the US Open final so they can they just make yes there then comes the pressure of having to defend them but gosh they can completely they can completely change your world yeah 100% and you know they're not going to have that option this year because Emma only got into the US Open after reaching the last 16 in Wimbledon and with that tremendous run she got the points to yeah. get into qualifying us open and then of course you know the rest is history um and so for somebody like a jody burridge that's not possible um you know she's maxing out on the points now i mean hey maybe she'll win eastbourne that <laughs> that could happen that's a lot of points um, still in the mix still in the mix <laughs> uh but you know look she's already going to be in quality us open every situation is different and the thing is is i think one thing that we realize you know even when you do look at the radicanu run it's it's so much about things coming together at the right time and 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 let's say it again the draw <laughs> oh god okay maybe you're right i i Can't give in it. fine you're right you're right but it is it's it's about you know when you're a player i think i've talked about this before but like it's about you, you can't play really well all the time. You're going to peak at certain times. And you might peak at Wimbledon. I peaked at Wimbledon. It's just that my draws were really, really tough. And heading into the tournament, into the main draw as a wild card, I was very strong on grass. And I was pretty confident. I mean, hey, people might disagree with me who are watching back then. But I was pretty confident out of the 127 other players out there, I could beat most of them. It's just, if you don't draw one of those people... <laughs> <laughs> that's how it goes you know like Serena Williams going into this tournament how many players in that draw can she beat quite a few but yeah. if she don't draw them you know she doesn't get that chance right um so it, it's it's a combination of you've got to play really well you've got to peak at the right times you've got to peak when you get the good draws because sometimes you have years where you play really well when your draws are rubbish and you push people all the way and you lose tightly and you know or whatever it is and you have a really good match but you don't get any reward for it and then you, your draw opens up but it's just not one of your weeks like it's just it's just one of those where you fall a little flat or whatever happens um and a lot of that can be managed but a lot of it really is just luck and it's about so many different elements coming together for something like that Radicanu run at, at the US Open as you say so many elements coming together and starting way before you know months and months and months before to all come together and uh, and and go and, and and achieve that and you know unfortunately with the points not being part of Wimbledon that's just taken one huge element out of um, people's potential potential years so we're not going to know really until we get deep into that second week and we start looking at somebody relatively unknown because there's always somebody relatively unknown whether that's in the men's or yeah. the women's draw who is bursting through to the semis and it is unfortunate that they're not gonna you know sort of take that huge leap up the ranking one thing that's nice when you're you're at a tournament and, and the work I do at Eastbourne is you get to talk to some of the players and I think that's really important you know getting to know the players and, and not just for the tennis that you're seeing when you're commentating but you have a chat with them so I was lucky enough to chat to well I had a chat with Jodie Burridge I've spoken to before Maria Sakkari who's so lovely quite serious but she's so lovely um, and I had a chat with Yelena Ostapenko <laughs> whose brand of tennis makes me smile because it's it's really unforgiving isn't it it's it's just sort of it she just goes for it she she sees the ball she crunches it she will stick to it that is what has worked there's going to be highs and lows out there but it was really nice chatting to her and did you see the headlines around Birmingham when she came through the first match against Rebecca Marino and on court it was 
she was taken to three sets and on court she was asked about the match and what did she do to test you and she basically said she did nothing so I'm paraphrasing so much better than her and it's all about me and a lot of people I can't believe she said that and it was you know she was being very honest because she is she has the game style where it's pretty much on her racket and I asked her about this so were you surprised at the reaction and she said she was a little bit because she was just being her and she said, do people not want me to be honest? I know some might say, yeah, well, you can just rein it in a little bit. <laughs> just say, yeah, you know, my opponent played really well. <laughs> but I quite I quite like her. She's just, she, her personality is exactly the same. As, she says she's a lot calmer off court. But some of the stuff she says, it's exactly the same as how she plays her tennis. Oh, I'm totally on board with you. Uh, I love Ostapenko and uh, I'm a fully signed up and paid member of the Penko Party Club or whatever it is. Get my newsletters <laughs> every uh, every week. Um, but <laughs> I was watching a cooking show the other day. Yes, cooking. Um, and, right. Okay. And, you know, like one of the, a competition show, like a master chef or whatever. And oh, uh, right, yeah. the judge said... This is like an assault on the senses, but in the best possible way. And all I thought was that's that sums up Yelena Ostapenko. Like it's just so full on in every department. It's just like, but it, but it's good. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Um, and yeah, look, the difficulty is is that everybody in the world of tennis knows what she's trying to say. You've got to remember, English is not her first language. Her English is very very good, but. That is how we all talk in tennis. Like you have to be realistic. That is, you know, everybody yeah. understands the the reality of the match. How likely it is that you'll win. Like I would know walking on the court that I'm likely not going to win this match, but I've I'm going to try and I'm going to try and do this, this, and this. I'm not the favorite. You know, you you're not just going to lie to yourself, and. You do, and we saw it with on-court coaching stuff. We saw coaches coming on and saying things like, you know, she can't move, she can't move out there. Like That's how we talk to each other, and it might come across as really disrespectful of the opponent or whatever, you know, but it's just, it's how we talk about things amongst ourselves. It's sometimes it's how we sort of take the mick out of each other, to be honest, um, you know, and everybody's got strengths and weaknesses and everybody is realistic with where they are at right now. And yes, of course you sometimes get some blistering wins. Of course you do. And we get lots of upsets. We get them in every single tournament. We get upsets. Of course there are always chances, but you just understand where you sit in the pecking order. You don't get to the top of the game without having a good grasp on reality. You can't just pretend you don't get there just by thinking positive the whole time. Like you get there by understanding what it takes to get through this match. And Ostapenko was just disappointed with her performance. And she was just trying to say, I got in my own way. That's what Ostapenko does all the time. She always gets in her own way. And that's what she was saying. She was like, no, it wasn't anything to do with Rebecca. This was just me getting in my own way. Like she's much better than Rebecca. And like she is. And Rebecca, I think Marino would say the same thing. Like she's a Grand Slam champion. Marino's never come close to that. So like, I think, I don't know. I just think that like, it's fine within the world of tennis. That is how people talk. I don't think anyone would bat an eyelid. I don't think Marino would bat an eyelid at Ostapenko saying, yeah, but I'm better than her. She'd be like, you are like (laughs) in general, you're ranked higher. And that's that. 
Yeah, it's she's. I, I really enjoy chatting to her. I'm slightly scared at first, <laughs> but then you know me. I'm slightly scared of most people. But it was it was a really nice chat. You know, we went back to the, the her ballroom dancing days, um, and I just I, I just asked her if, if you know. Yeah, she's a Grand Slam champion, been through so much. But, you know, was it hard to stop the ballroom dancing? And she said when she had to make the choice, because she was that good at both. She and again, this is very honest. She said, oh, well, I look at my friends who continued now and I look where I am. And yes, she's a Grand Slam champion that changes things career wise, financially wise, fame wise. But she said with ballroom dancing, I didn't see fame and fortune. Whereas with tennis, I saw there was a route where I could achieve that. And again, it's her being really honest saying this was something I wanted, this is something I looked to, and this is something she ultimately got. And she also said winning the French Open took so much time to adjust to. And I think, again, we, we need to, and it, it comes back to Emma Raducanu, we need to sort of take a step back and think it is, in Emma Raducanu's case, even more than life-changing, but just got to sit back and just give them time because Ostapenko was very young and it was her first to a title and but no it, you know it was really lovely it was really lovely chatting to her she also talked about she did lots of shopping during lockdown and her mum kept telling her to stop buying things but we all bought things in lockdown because we couldn't leave the house I mean who who didn't order something or buy something right it, that's what we did. Um, yeah. But yeah. Apparently she got told off by her mum because she bought too much stuff. And I was like, I probably bought the same, but I was buying stuff for homeschooling. I bought so much rubbish stuff to entertain the boys, stuff that I thought they'd enjoy doing. Oh my gosh. Like genuinely I bought so much rubbish. She was lucky that she could buy stuff just for herself. But um, no, I, I, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed speaking to her. Her brand of tennis makes me smile. I wouldn't like to be in her coaching box because the looks that she gives, I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't work well there. Yeah. I don't think I'm not going to say she's the easiest player to coach. No, I no. Oh, and 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 one more thing, we we have to squeeze in today. The ATP announced that they're going to do an off-court coaching trial starting the day after Wimbledon for the back end of the season. Oh yes! Now this caught me completely out of the blue. I I didn't didn't expect this sort of announcement at all. But um, always good to try things out. We did have uh, a bit of a trial with something similar through the U.S. Open series, didn't yep. we? Yeah. And in U.S. Open qualifying. Yeah. Um, I believe it was ditched, wasn't it? Or was that COVID that sort of uh, did that for it? I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I'm not... Look, we all sit here and say coaching goes on all the time anyway. So I I don't know. Do you just allow it? Do you try and manage it a bit more? If they were serious about stamping out coaching and that you weren't allowed to, they would send them to the top, send them up to the back, put them in a glass box, soundproofed. The works, um, but they're not. Every tournament has them right by the baseline so that they can have full conversations with them. So, like, there are lots of different solutions, I think, to this problem to to make it easier. They've chosen to go with this. I can't wait to see how it pans out. I don't really have an opinion on it because I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's good. There's a few bits and pieces. I'll have to sit in designated seats. They can't uh, disrupt the opponent. Oh, that's a fairly obvious one. So there's a few bits and pieces I'll have to adhere to. But... You know, there are, there are tennis purists and 
they hate it. And I, I'm not sure how I feel about the kitchen, but the thing is, it happens all the time anyway. So maybe we just try it. We see how it goes. They're going to take it right through into Turin, the tour finals. And then they will assess and see what people thought of it, see how many people used it, see if what they got out of it. And then and then we go from there. So that is, uh, look, there's always something that tennis is telling us, isn't there? There's, there's, always, there's always some news that's popping out. Um, this will be our last pod before Wimbledon starts correct it will be we're not going to squeeze another one in and we're a little bit early for the draw um and we'll be a little bit after the first rounds unfortunately bad timing on our part I think bad planning and uh partly you can blame me because I've got the twins birthday on Friday they really weren't born at the best time of year work-wise I would say for what I do so inconsiderate it's, so it's uh and they were very early uh <laughs> they weren't meant to arrive before no, you've got to do what I did I had mine in the off season that's how it works your timing was amazing but the thing with <laughs> with twins to go completely off the subject here is they on average come a month early so my my actual uh, it due... wasn't your fault. Uh, you have explained this before because I've given you grief about actual due time. date. You're right. You're right. Was yeah, yeah. actually quite was convenient. after Wimbledon. Was, yeah, was was very convenient. Got through Wimbledon. Marvelous. Here they come. They came a month early. So I've got sort of I'm racing back and forth from Eastbourne to blow up balloons, wrap presents, come back, do matches, go back, open presents. Then there's I've got I've got birthday parties. I've got sort of boys and laser tag and all sorts of things going on um and then we have Wimbledon on Monday so um this means did we do our predictions last week I can't remember we can't do predictions it is draw dependent but what we can well, we have do to. no but what oh, we can do I was waiting for you to say that yes we, we're just gonna have to text each other when the draw's done with our predictions and we can announce those predictions in the pod next week I'm sure both of mine will have gone <laughs> but anyway, I, we will keep actually, it yes, strict to that. Yours... So we'll 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 WhatsApp each other. We'll have the predictions down and our dark horses after the draw has been made over the weekend. And then when we record next week, we'll be all right. Can I give you my predictions now and save my dark horses? Oh, you already what? little miss draw dependent. <laughs> By the way, officially, you having said it, you've now said it more times than I have. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna. So I'm gonna say pre-draw. I'm not saying those words. Pre-draw. I'm gonna give you Novak Djokovic and Coco Goff, your 2022 Wimbledon champions. It's a really strong shout with Goff. Oh, she's so ready, isn't she? And I know there's that other phrase we could use that might change things. <laughs> I'm not going to use it because you're now leading in saying that. Um, and then I will wait for my dark horses. So I'm, I'm just putting my predictions out there. I will not change them. Even if Goff draws Serena Williams first round, I am sticking with it. And I'll give yep. you my dark horses. Well, no, we'll text once once the draw is out. You text me your predictions and dark horses, even though I still don't know what, what a dark horse is as in uh, rankings and things but let's see if we accept each other's dark horses and then we will we'll go with whatever we messaged perfect i and you will be allowed to change your predictions post draw as long as it's before the first ball is struck on the monday you can change oh can i i don't think i will well i'm definitely not changing one of them the other one might be i can't say those words i cannot say (laughs) but the other one is dependent on the other thing (laughs) Oh my god. <laughs> 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 <laughs>